Hey everybody, awesome to see you this morning on this very cool Mother's Day. Hey, Mother's Day 2015, very exciting. A special welcome, if you've brought your mum along this morning, then a special welcome to those mums as well who are visiting with us. Thanks for coming. Now I'm going to share a couple of stories with you this morning. So as every good story starts with once upon a time, although my kids did tell me this week that you're never allowed to start a story with that at school, like that's a big no-no, but this morning we will. Once upon a time, a very long time ago, over 10,000 years ago, at the beginning of time as we know it, God spoke and the heavens and earth were created. God, the most incredibly creative being to exist, the inventor of creativity, spoke light, sky, land, seas, stars and the moon and the sun into existence. As he declared it out, plants, multitudes of colour, of variety, of shape and of form came into being. He continued to speak and the waters teemed with living creatures of every size. The um, birds filled the sky, unimaginable variety. Again God spoke and animals of every kind, so incredibly diverse from each other, were created. And God said all of it was good. Then our God, this master artist, having already displayed such incredible creativity and passion, decided to create one more thing. You see, everything else that he had created was awesome and it displayed his creativity, but nothing held his image. And so God spoke again and said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And the first person on this planet was created. And you know what God said? He said his creation was very good. Now there was an aspect of God, his very nature, that hadn't been expressed in any other part of creation. And this master artist had a passion. He had something within him that he needed to let out, that he needed to display to to the world. He decided to display his beauty and his goodness and his creativity inside of every person. Every man, every woman, each one created in his image. Each one of us displaying a part of who he is. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship, and some versions say, his handiwork, or his masterpiece. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And the word for workmanship in here is a Greek word, and it's pronounced poiema. And it can mean, uh, it means something that has been made, but it can also be used to refer to a work of art. And it's actually where we get the word poem from. So we can read this verse, For we are God's work of art, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for us to do. This morning I just want to say to each one of you, you are God's work of art. You are his masterpiece. Now I was pondering this, why does an artist produce a work of art? Um, I believe it's because there is a desire, a passion to create, to release something that's inside of them, to let out a part of who they are to reveal something that needs to be expressed. And I believe we've been created by God because there is a part of him that needs to be expressed, that needs to be revealed to the world. And as I was beginning to prepare this message on um, Monday, I was just sitting in my room upstairs, and we get an awesome view of Mount Grey from our room. It's just really cool. I love it. So I was looking at enjoying the mountains, enjoying the sky and the trees, and just thanking God and just saying, God, wow, this is such a display of your beauty. Thank you. And straight away he said to me, my beauty, 
my goodness, my creativity is on display inside each one of you. And so I began to think about this a bit more. What does it mean to be on display? So I went to the dictionary, and it says, to be on display, display means to put where people can see it, to make evident, and to exhibit ostentatiously, which means to attract attention, admiration, or even envy. And Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16 says, You are the light of the world. There's a slightly different version here, but a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now, God wants us on display, whether we feel comfortable with that thought or not. He planned for us to be noticed. It says it there. He wants that hope, that goodness that comes from him shining out into those around us, giving light to everybody in our circle. And as we do the things that he's asking us to do, as we do those good works, other people seeing it and giving glory to him. And you might be thinking, that doesn't sound very much like humility to me. But I don't think humility means hiding who God made us to be. I think it means embracing who God has created me to be and bringing glory to him through our lives, letting our very life praise him. You know, we were singing before, you know, our hearts, they cry, be glorified, be lifted high. And we were, we were singing out those words in worship um, as, like, as singing and as lifting our hands. But God wants that cry to come from our hearts, be glorified just through our lives, through the way we live, through our very existence. Okay, time for another story. Bear with me, guys. This relates to you too. And I did have feedback from the guys in the first service that it did relate to them. So here we go. Once upon a time, a lovely girl lived with her stepmother and two proud and unkind stepsisters. She was called Cinderella because she sat among the cinders and was made to do all the work. One day, whilst out riding through the forest, Cinderella by chance came across the prince who was hunting. The prince was taken with her and her kind and courageous heart. When asked for a name, she refused to give it. She did not want the prince to know who she really was, for she knew that he would not be drawn to someone of her status. One fine day, the prince decided to give a ball, to which everyone in the kingdom was invited. And after patiently helping his stepsisters to prepare and preen themselves for the ball, and after having been told, you shall not go to the ball, Cinderella sat sad and lonely by the fire. Okay, let's fast forward a bit. Fairy Godmother has appeared. She's made Cinderella look amazing in her gown and her slippers. And this beautiful golden carriage has taken her to the ball. Okay, as Cinderella entered the ballroom, she looked so lovely that everyone stopped dancing to gaze at her. And the prince sprang eagerly forward to greet her. But no one knew her. As Cinderella danced through the night, suddenly the clock began to strike twelve and Cinderella remembered what her fairy godmother had told her. So she ran through the garden, down the steps, and in her haste lost one of her glass slippers. As the prince ran after her, all he found was one glass slipper. Knowing that she was the one for him, he searched and searched for her, declaring that he would marry the lady whose foot the slipper fit. So from all over the land, ladies came Ladies from every walk of life, trying on the slipper, but it did not fit. 
And as the prince was beginning to despair of ever finding Cinderella, he happened upon one last house. Cinderella's stepsisters attempted to squeeze their feet into the shoe, but it would not fit. And finally Cinderella, who had been locked in her room, she freed herself and descended the staircase, ready to face the prince. She walked past the mirror in the hall and studied her reflection. She was no longer adorned in a beautiful gown, but in a ragged dress with soot smudged on her face. And she had to face a fear. So in the words of the latest Cinderella movie, to be seen as we truly are is the biggest risk we will ever take. Will we be enough as we really are? Cinderella faced these thoughts as she looked in the mirror and she moved forward in spite of her fear. She faced the prince and declared, I have nothing. I am nothing but who I am. And the prince looked on her with eyes full of love and gave her the glass slipper to try on. And as she tried on the slipper, it fit perfectly. Together, they leave to be married. And following their wedding, the prince and Cinderella step out of the castle onto the balcony. And the prince presents her to the people as his bride and as royalty. Not as someone hidden, but as somebody known. And someone who's truly known and loved all the more because of it. Not hiding behind a facade, but her true self and standing in her destiny as royalty. She's displayed to the kingdom, not only because the prince loves her so much, but because she stepped into the call and the hope that she's found. She found her new true identity. Cinderella, I think it's one of the greatest love stories, just personally. It's one we're going to examine more thoroughly today and draw some parallels for our relationship with God. So my first point this morning is to be truly known we need to face our fears and we need to become vulnerable. See, when Cinderella first meets the prince in the forest and then later at the ball, she's happy to be there. She's happy to be seen, but she doesn't want to be really known as who she is. She holds herself at a distance later and then she almost hides behind her beautiful dress. She's afraid that if the prince really knows who she is, that she'll be rejected. Now, many of us want to have a relationship with God. We want to know him but we're fearful of being truly known by him. It could be due to past experiences. Maybe it's hurt. Maybe it's rejection from other people. And, and the feeling of, will this happen again for me with God? Or for others as it was for me, you might struggle with the concept of unconditional love. You know, how is this love, this type of love actually possible? How could God love me just for me? And for me, I didn't understand it at, at the time, but I hid behind the drive to be good to do good things, to be kind, to spend time studying in God's word, to be involved in serving in a whole lot of things. And, and I thought this was just a part of being a Christian, which it is. But if the motivation behind it is fear-based, which it was for me, rather than the knowledge that we are completely loved, then we've totally missed it. Now, none of what I was doing was bad. It was good. And, and many times the motivations were right for me, or at least partly right. But the mask of goodness that I was wearing... It made me feel a little bit better, but it stopped me from having to face the fact that I was trying to earn God's love, that I didn't actually believe in his perfect, complete love for me. And it stopped me from having, um, from having to look at, my, at myself, look really deep inside and say, what did I actually believe about myself? What was my core belief? And in fact, it was actually a lie. Um, the, the reason why I often did and thought and said what I did was because I had that lie inside me, I'm not good enough. And for me, I had to face the same question that Cinderella faced. Will I be enough as I really am for God? 
Now, for a lot of us, we've probably worn masks at times. Maybe it's a, a mask of, I'm fine, everything's good, I'll keep smiling. Or maybe it's, I'm just going to keep working harder, just going to hide in my work, that um, workaholic kind of thing. Or maybe it's, uh, I need to be in control. If I'm in control, everything will be okay. Sometimes we can hide behind being humorous, just needing to be funny the whole time. Or sometimes it's behind our achievements. Now, continuing to wear these masks, it won't stop God's love for us. He loves us unconditionally. That doesn't change. But it keeps us trapped. We can't be free. It keeps us from being truly found and known by his love. And you know what? Being found and known by his love is the greatest thing. It's absolutely incredible. So the story of Cinderella, it's not uncommon for us today, that story of not wanting to be seen as who we truly are and and of having to face the fear that comes with it. But another thing we can do is also often look in the wrong mirror. Or like this mirror here, if you look closely, it's got marks on it. Maybe our mirror is distorted, the reflection that we're looking at. So over 10 years ago, when I looked in the mirror, who I saw reflected back to me wasn't a true reflection of who was really on display. The reflection I saw was a distortion of who was standing there. But for me, the pain of staying the same became greater than the pain of change, and I decided to start facing this stuff. So as God showed me the lies I was believing, and I started to believe the truth, um, and I began the process of letting go of the be good, do good, try harder stuff, and was able to embrace his unconditional love, then he healed me up. And there was a number of things that happened along the way, but one really significant thing, which I hated at the time, but was hitting rock bottom, or what I thought was rock bottom. Now, At rock bottom, I wasn't able to do anything to serve him and life felt hopeless, but God was at the bottom. And in that moment, I felt his unconditional love like I never have felt before. Now what the devil had meant to destroy me, God used it for his glory and I was able to look at myself through God's mirror. So Cinderella, she ran from the bull because she didn't want to be seen as she truly was. She was fearful that she wouldn't be fully loved and accepted. But as she was freed from her room, it was though something rose up within her. She had encountered the love of the prince already, and she decided it was worth the risk of him seeing her as she was. She knew that she was born to be loved, so she faced her fear. You know, she looked in the mirror and she became certain of the fact that she had to be vulnerable to be seen as she was in her rags. And so for us as well, we need to come as we are not trying to be anybody else in in no masks. You know, as we become okay with being vulnerable and being seen as we truly are, I believe that we're able to um, look to God to see our true reflection and then able to display who he has made us to be. So how do we do this? I believe we do it by encountering his love and by making a choice, by saying, God, here I am just as I am. Which leads to our next point, which has to um, definitely happen with the first point. It's so closely linked. Number two, we need to allow ourselves to be captured by him. Now, Glenn shared a few weeks ago about the fact that God has been captivated by us, which is a big mind-blowing thought, isn't it? God has been captivated by us. But I believe until we become vulnerable to him, we kind of stop ourselves from being truly captured by him and defined by his love. We actually need to allow his unconditional love to capture us, to take a hold of us. You know, God is so amazing in this process. There can be so many things that um, would try and stop us from being vulnerable with God, you know, past hurts and all of that sort of thing. But God's good. He's faithful. You know, even at the time we might be dragging our heels and saying, God, don't, this this is too painful. He doesn't want us to stay the way we are. He loves us too much. 
So he keeps moving us forward on this process as we're ready. I believe he also knows when we feel safe enough to face things. And I know for me, God waited until I was um, married to Glenn and really felt the unconditional love um, and security of, of, from Glenn and then also from family and a few close friends. And the security of this started to break down the masks and the walls for me. You know, God places people around us to do this journey with us. He places people around us to show us more of his love for us. So if you've got people like that, thank God for them. If you don't, ask him who they are or ask one of the leaders here to help you identify those people. Psalm 139, in the words of David, I really believe he's someone who is captured by God's love. So I want to read part of that to you. O oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my coming in. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O oh Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. That's a big thought to get your head around. God is thinking about you constantly. You know, this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I just think the way it's written is so incredibly beautiful. I just want to encourage you this week, just spend some time thinking about those words. Um, even if that's all the Bible reading that you do this week, just focus on that. Let it, let it um, come deep into your heart. You know, the Word of God is powerful, living, and active. You know, it's still powerful today as it was when it was written. And we need to know, we need to really know the truth of these words, I believe, to be able to be all that we can be for God. And something that struck me this week as I was reading these verses, which I hadn't kind of noticed before, was the fact that there's absolutely no fear in any of these verses. You know, David knows that God knows absolutely everything about him. And there was a bit of interesting stuff for God to know about David there and some stuff that I'm sure he would rather have God, God have not known. But he's so convinced of God's unconditional and perfect love that there's no room for fear. There's no room for doubt. And for David being truly known has made him feel secure in God's love. He's been captured by it and is completely known. And he's able to honestly say, you have made me wonderfully. I praise you for making me your work of art as one who displays your creativity, your love and your awesomeness. So how do we become captured by him? I believe we need to let go of the fear and sometimes it's actually moving forward in spite of those fearful feelings. We need to let the truth of what he says about us really define us. And we also need to allow others to reveal his perfect love to us. So leading to my next point, and actually the title of the message, which I forgot to mention at the beginning, is On Display. Leading to my next point, as we are captured by him, we become free to embrace who we are, our destiny. 
And free, number three, to wear your own shoe. You can see shoes on the stage. Over here, some shoes over here, they're all different. Now, in the story of Cinderella, countless women from all over the kingdom, all walks of life, just totally different people, came to try on the glass slipper, but it didn't fit them. And it never would fit them because it had been especially designed for Cinderella. She was the only one who could wear it. And she could wear it, but she could wear it well because it fit perfectly. So as we talked about earlier, before she could try on the glass slipper, she became vulnerable. She allowed herself to be captured by the love of the prince. And the possibility of his love became greater than her fear. But not until these things had happened was she free to put on the glass slipper and then with that to step into her true identity. So I think this morning we can look at the glass slipper as our identity or our calling, our destiny. And just as no one else was able to wear Cinderella's glass slipper, so nobody else can wear your shoe. And you can't wear anybody else's shoe. It would be uncomfortable. It may cause you to walk really awkwardly, and it can be painful. And the other thing is you can only wear one pair of shoes at a time too. For years, I would compare myself to other people, thinking I wish I could be more gifted like them or more creative like that person or more spiritual like them, and it didn't help me at all. It made me feel a whole lot worse, and you guys probably know what that's like at times. And it's taken time for me, but it's been as I've been able to discover more of who God has made me to be, realized more of the depths of his love, and this is the biggest one for me, agreed with the fact that he designed me as he wanted me to be. Now, because he needed a Debbie, just like he needs a Jess, just like he needs a Mitch or a Tara or a James or a Nikki. It's been as I've been able to agree with that that I've been able to step more fully into my identity and therefore into my calling. You know, God didn't design us to be like anyone else. He designed us as the body of Christ. Each unique with a unique set of giftings and a unique call. Now your glass slipper, as you can cue to the next photo, Jared, might look a bit more like one of these. Or it might look like the football boots up there, or the ballet shoes, or maybe these sparkly shoes over here. That might be what it looks like. That is great. We're all called to a different purpose. We have our own individual good works which he's prepared for us. And it's as we together realise this, and we are individuals, we're realising this, but also coming together as one body, doing the uh, good works that he's planned for us. It's as we do that, that we can really shine him to the world. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18, that's a whole passage about um, being the body of Christ. It says, but in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? Now we need to know ourselves, we need to know our strengths, our passions, our dreams, and our personality too. And we need to embrace who we are. No more of that, why can't I be more like such and such? Enough of that, no more comparing. God is asking you to be you. And I believe we'll never be fully at peace in our walk with him if we're trying to be someone else. We cannot display the part of himself that he's uniquely placed within each one of us until we're wearing our own shoes. So how do we wear our own shoe? I think it's by quitting trying to be like somebody else and getting to know yourselves, know your strengths, know your passions, know your personality, know what drives you. Now maybe it's doing some online questionnaires to discover, you know, Strength Finder or something like that. Maybe it's getting a life coach but find out more about you and then agree with who God's made you to be and agree that he has made you very good as his work of art. 
As we become vulnerable, we allow ourselves to be known and captured by his love. And as we wear our own shoe, then we can display as he truly intended us to display. And this is not only because he loves us. You know, just like as parents, we would just love to often shout out and say, look at my kid, they're amazing. Look what they're doing. Look, they've just taken their first steps. Or look at that amazing artwork that they've just produced. Look at who they are. You know, that's part of it for God. But it's also because he wants to fully display who he is to the world, to those around us who need to know who he is, his kindness and his goodness. He wants it out there. Now, if we don't embrace the uniqueness of who he's made us to be, if we don't wear our own shoe, it's kind of like we're robbing people around us. We're robbing people of the part of God and within us that he wants to display. He wants us to each fully display his image. That part of his goodness and beauty and creativity that he's put inside us. He wants us to shine before all men that they may praise him. You know, each one of us on display for his glory. This morning, just as we wrap up, um, the band's just going to come and play a song, which would be awesome. Uh, just as they do that, just stay sitting if you like. Close your eyes if you want to. I just encourage you, just have a wee think this morning. Just have a wee examine and say, God, is there any place in me that I'm holding back from you? Is there any part of me that, I, that I've been trying to hold back so that you wouldn't know it completely? You know, or maybe there's fear that we need to let go of, fear of, fear of being vulnerable, fear of will God really accept me as I truly am? Or maybe you just need to embrace the fact that you're God's work of art. Maybe you need a new revelation of his truth about that, that you really are a masterpiece this morning. Maybe it's just getting your head around the fact that you're on display and being cool with that, on display for him. Or maybe you've been trying to wear somebody else's shoe and it's time for you to just say, no, enough of that, I'm just going to wear your shoes, the shoes that you made for me. So just as these guys sing, I just encourage you, just have we talk to God See if there's anything that he was wanting to say to you this morning. I'll just pray for you guys and then we'll take it away. Thank you, God. God, I just thank you this morning for your huge heart, your huge love for each person here, your unconditional, perfect love. God, we choose to take hold of that today and embrace it. And God, I thank you for the incredible people that you have put within this place, the incredible diversity, the giftings that you've placed within each one of us, Lord, the uniqueness, the part of yourself that you want on display within each of us, God. We thank you for that. And God, I just thank you that you'll help us just to embrace who you've made us to be, God, to really go, yes, you've made me wonderfully, and I'm going to walk in that. God, where there's fear, we just hand that over to you this morning, and we just receive your perfect love in its place. God, where we've maybe been wearing somebody else's shoes, then we just take them off, we hand them back, and God, instead we wear the shoes that you've designed for us. God, I thank you for your truth just ringing loud and clear in our minds this morning and our hearts, God. Whatever it is that each person in here needs to know this morning, God, I just ask you to drop it into their heart right now. Thank you, God.